While we are continuing on in our spiritual pathway series, I'm doing the second sermon here. My name is Randy. I'm one of the pastors here at Fernand First Baptist, and we are going through the sacred pathways. We did the enthusiast worship and celebration and mystery last week, often what we all come to church for. And this week we're looking at the activists, those who love God through action, uh, justice, even confrontation, those who love to be active for God. So explore with us all that God has for us to connect with him through this pathway. Blessings on you. By Peter come up and he's going to give us our scripture reading for today. Good morning. Scripture reading for today is uh, from the New International Version, Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we are in the season of Epiphany. And perhaps uh, for some of us, this idea of sacred pathways, as we look at it, is a new idea. Uh, a new way of understanding. And my prayer for you is that maybe in this season of Epiphany, this can be a time of revealing, which is what Epiphany means, a, a revealing. And maybe it's a revealing of how you connect with God. Maybe it's something uh, new for you, and you might see something new in this series. Now, it was <clears throat> the night before New Year's Eve. Hannah had made us a wonderful chicken dinner. And as we always do, we got a pot of chicken stock going with the leftovers before we went out to meet some uh, family members at an amazing movie. Anyone seen this new avatar? Yeah, I see a couple of hands. Wonderful, amazing. And long. At over three hours, three and a half hours, this movie was a little too long for our chicken stock. I don't know if I can blame James Cameron or not. I still haven't written him a letter yet to see if he'll respond or what he'll do. But when we came home and we opened our door, we knew something was wrong right away. It wasn't a smoke. It wasn't like there was a smoke through our house, but there was this diffused protein oil, they say from a protein fire that had just sort of sneaked out of that 
Dutch oven, great, well-made Dutch oven, and, and it had gone throughout. You could just see this haze of, a, of a, this oily, acrid stench throughout the whole atmosphere of our house. And I ran in and, and got the pot outside, and even when we got outside, it just sort of clung to us. Now, you knew, as those of you that had heard about this in the last couple of weeks, you knew this was going to go into a sermon at some point. Eh? You knew it. At that moment, it reminded me immediately, actually, of the world around us and often our lives, how they can turn from a wonderful house, smells great usually, uh, you know, to this all of a sudden, the atmosphere changes. Something comes into our life that, boy, everything, all of a sudden, boy, and we'll often say it, boy, this stinks. Don't we say that? Something in our lives that just changes. And it doesn't take us long to realize that though we live in a beautiful world with incredible people doing amazing things, at the same time, there is something horribly wrong. There is this diffused acridness through much of it. The spiritual atmosphere, if not at times the physical or emotional or social atmosphere that we live in. There's something not quite right. People are devalued, treated poorly because of their ability level. Maybe some of you experience what's known as ageism or ableism. You look down on because of what you can or cannot do. People discarded for their mental health challenges. People turning to the abuse of power, either in relationships or abusing others in politics. Sometimes abusing whole people groups. Some turning to substances to numb their pain and the emotions that we have inside because of this rottenness. Others in corporations on the streets abusing that vulnerability with deadly drugs to the point of 20 people dying of overdoses every day in Canada. It doesn't take long to see that something is wrong, does it? Of course, God, God did not create the world to be like this and doesn't want it to be like this. Never has. And in case you're wondering, I'm not just talking about the Canucks record recently. <laughs> Below both the Oilers and the Flames. I can't believe it. Something is wrong. You do know what I'm talking about. Right? We sing about it in our songs. We share about it in our stories, brokenness, shame, anger, prejudice, abuse, hatred, trauma, division. And I tell you, I loved our singing today, just pleading with God for God's kingdom to come. Come, King of heaven, come here. Let your will be done here in us. Another favorite song of mine is Rend Collectives, Build Your Kingdom Here. Let's just see a little bit if this works here. Here, here, here. 
I sent that to Grace one of the first times she was leading worship when I started preaching here. And uh, I said, maybe we could do this song. And she said, I don't think we could do that. Are you expecting me to do that? I said, sure, we could get Carl one of those stick tambourine things. We can see what happens up here. Yeah, He-Rock could do it, no problem. Well, the first thing that the restoration crew at our house brought in when our atmosphere had changed was something called air scrubbers. And of course, the the team leader of a restoration crew, he's a a New Zealander, and he pronounced them ear scrubbers. Hey, we're going to get you some ear scrubbers. But ear scrubbers, what are they going to do? How many Q-tips are they going to need to clean this place? Of course, he meant air scrubbers, massive fans with filters that have been running for the past two weeks in our house, seeking to change the atmosphere. In a very real sense, God has called us, God's people, to have an impact in this world, to be a people for God's glory, to be air scrubbers. Changing the atmosphere wherever we go by God's power in us. That's what we're talking about today when we talk about activists. Activists love God through action. Now, of course, when I say activists, some immediately think, you know, David Suzuki and Greenpeace. Well, but there are some among us that thrive in having an impact in taking action. And even if that means facing conflict at times with others as we seek the good, it might mean sharing the good news. This isn't about politics. It's about having an impact for Jesus. And yes, sometimes that will be for justice. This sacred pathway, this spiritual temperament, if you so choose to say that, these people are the activists, those Those who say, yes, I want to have an impact for Jesus. And that's one way that I really connect with Jesus. Now, I know one person, and I want to bring him in right away because he's got to get going for street church, is that's Chuck. I want Chuck to come up, and he's going to share with us a little bit. Maybe just grab this mic, brother. He's going to share a little bit about how God has called him into action. So please, Chuck, share with us. Good morning and Happy New Year. Um, boy, you know, it's a challenge. He gives me three minutes to say something that would take maybe a couple hours to talk about. Um, this morning, just on Facebook, uh, there was a memory popped up, and it was 14 years ago today that uh, I was preparing to leave Portage La Prairie and Youth for Christ and move to Vernon. 
So, and 10 years ago, just over 10 years ago, Dan Watt and I were uh, sitting at Timmy's on the, on the landing and I was crying in my soup about uh, the state of affairs at life because I'd lost my job and all this stuff. And, and uh, Dan just said to me, boy, you, you need a miracle. And, and I s took me maybe a millisecond, but it felt like a lifetime. And I just said, no, I want to be the miracle. Just like what Randy was talking, just in a different language. And that is exactly what God has done in my life uh, and in the lives of our volunteers and the men and women that we are called to serve and in our ministry and in our church. I mean, without you, the body of Christ, standing with me and Cindy and, and being patient with us and supporting us and encouraging us, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing today. So thank you for standing with us and being an activist with us. And my message today, as we're going to be sharing inside for the first time in two years, uh, going to do Street Church Inside, is that Christ was homeless. He was born in a manger. He was born in a stable. And he hung around with street people. And he hung around with the poor people. And, he, and for periods of time in his life, he, he didn't have a place that he could lay his head that most of us uh, take for granted. And so today, I just feel very strongly that Jesus was sent here on earth as on a rescue mission to rescue God's children and bring them back home. We're all looking for home. We all want a place that we can call home that's safe and secure. Our guys and gals are dying. Our, our men and women are dying on the streets because of addiction and mental illness and homelessness and poverty. And we, the body of Christ, whether we're street or straight, we're all paramedics. We are all called to share the gospel, to bring that life-saving, life-changing message of Jesus' love. And so I want to challenge you, if you're not, to do so because... One day we're going to stand before our, our God and he's going to say, why not? Or he's going to say, well done. I hope I'm going to be sucking dirt. I'm going to do a face plant, but I'm hoping he's going to say, well done. So uh, on behalf of Cindy and I and our family and our team and the men and women that we're called to serve, thank you. Yes. Preach. Yeah. Thanks, Chuck. Yes, there are, there are a number of examples that we can look at throughout Scripture, biblical examples, that we can look at of the people of God having an impact. And this goes right back to the very beginning. Some people would say, no, pastor, preach the gospel. What, what is this about having an impact in the world around us? Aren't we supposed to preach the gospel? But from Abraham, right at the start, was called into covenant with Yahweh to be a blessing to the nations. Right from the get-go. Time and time again, we see God calling us a people meant to represent the glory of God in this world. Not just for the next. 
God calls us back to this important work time and again. Often through activists. Often through those who love to take action. Now, Chuck, I said, we're, we're preaching about activists. He goes, I'm not an activist. I said, well, you are in this sense. You are in this sense because you are active for Jesus. And often they call us back. And for them, they're... they're uh, their logo for Street Church, NOCC, North Okanagan Community Chaplaincy, is truth tellers and peacemakers. Truth tellers are often prophets who call us, and he seeks to call all the churches here in Vernon to have God's heart for those who are marginalized. Sometimes from women like Miriam in the Old Testament, men like Moses, the prophets of old, call us back. Now, you might remember, we went through the minor prophets, if you were here, uh, is a year and a half ago. Each time, there's often a call for justice, a call to, to righteousness, for mercy. Not just holy living, but how we live that out in the world for others. You heard Micah 6, 8. Right? To love mercy, to walk humbly, to do justly live out justice in this world. Each prophet of the minor prophets is filled with these words to come back being God's active people in this world. And of course, there's lots of modern examples. Chuck is one of them. I, I want to, I've told you a little bit about those who have faced injustice in our world and out of God's love for them and the people that they're run into and serving, act. And one of those is my friend Dave, our friend Dave Gotts who in a, in a trip just to visit some friends when he went to China saw, saw babies dying in an orphanage. They'd be put into the room just to pass away. And God grabbed his heart in that moment and said, this isn't right. We need to change the atmosphere. And he's dedicated these past decades to changing the atmosphere in China and having a, a, an immense impact saving many of these lives, often abandoned because of their disability and the one-child one policy. And he's, he's saved, and his ministry and all those that serve have saved so many lives and have brought hope, love, and opportunity to the children in China who would just have died otherwise. Uh, another friend, uh, a friend of ours, Jody, Oh, let's see, there we go. There she is, Jody Sparger, who some of you have heard here. She's come and done weekends for us. God got her heart and showed her God's vision for those indigenous neighbors as she got to know some and realized the injustice they're facing in many ways. Now, this is a decade or more ago. This isn't flavor of the month for her. She is one that when we think of what's been happening in our country and the awareness and the awakening that people are coming to, that's the answer to her prayers. As God grabbed her heart and said, there's been some injustice here and there are some people that I've wanted our church to love well and we haven't done that very well. And so Jody has been a truth teller for justice for indigenous people and saying, how can we love our neighbors so much better than we have? As I mentioned, Chuck's motto for NOCC is truth 
storytellers and peacekeepers, seeking to bring and find even God's shalom in people's lives and say, where, where is God in your life? And how can we as a church reach in and have an impact? That's action. Feeding hungry bellies and hungry souls. So I want to ask you this morning, what grabs your heart? What has God revealed to you? This week is about how some of us, for some of us, this is our direct line of connection with God. The activist feels God's heart and gets on board with it. And if you find it hard to sit still in church, I know there's some that do. They just find it hard to sit here. Others just love it. And we'll be talking about you. And well, we talked about you last week for the enthusiasts who just love to worship. And there's those who love to study the intellectuals. And they just love to get into the word. And they would just love to sit. But if you find it hard to do either of those, sometimes you have that motivation to have an impact in, in God's good world to make it better. You might just be an activist person that loves that action and connects with Jesus as they do it. If you know the Enneagram and Enneagram 8, they're known as the challengers. They might connect to this. If you know your Myers-Briggs, uh, the ENFJs, that's a temperament as well that would just love to have an impact. They see things and can make changes and they have an, uh, an enthusiasm for it. It might be easier to engage in this stream this sacred pathway. But for others, we may wonder, isn't the gospel really just about our hearts? About sin and being made right with God? Isn't that, shouldn't, pastor, shouldn't we just stick to preaching the gospel? What's all this justice stuff and having an impact, a social impact in our world? Well, I had an opportunity this week to take a regent class and uh, I thought it best that I don't go down to Vancouver to do it. I could have, but it was the wonders of technology. I was able to zoom into the class. And if I had a question, uh, the professor could look up at the screen and see my face. And I could ask the question. And we have this interaction. It's just amazing. Regent's doing a great job. I consider all of you to consider taking a class. They have evening classes, weekend classes. You can just sign up. You could do it from the comfort of your own couch. Who knew? It's wonderful. So our friend and pastoral mentor, Daryl Johnson, was teaching. And he taught on what is the gospel. So I'm going to try to sort of sum up 15 hours of teaching. We can do an extended sermon after, maybe. No. But I'm going to try to sum up a little bit of that. Fairly quickly, he pointed to Jesus speaking as he announced his ministry, proclaiming, Good news. Isn't that what Jesus said in the passage we saw today? Now, this word, good news, is what we use for gospel. It comes from a Greek word, euangelion, which we get the word evangelical from. It's about good news. Now, aren't we all called to share the good news of Jesus? But is it just about spiritual things? That's the question, and we were wrestling with that. Specifically, the word euangelion in the ancient Near East, it was about a message, a sharing. And good news was often 
brought to a town by a herald, proclaimed to a city, heralding, proclaiming. Something big has happened. Usually it was maybe like something like a war had been won. And we have a major change in how we live because of this news. Maybe it's a greater sense of safety. Perhaps a ruler, Caesar often in that case, has brought peace to more of the kingdom, the empire. And the term proclaim comes from kerygma, the Greek word kerygma, meaning proclamation, to proclaim. And that comes from kariso, meaning herald, the one who proclaims. All right. Okay, I'm going to have to move. I'm going to move to... Thank you, Liz, for the worthers. So, when Jesus when Jesus steps up to the synagogue podium that day in Luke four, he says, "The Spirit of the Lord is on me." Because he has anointed me to proclaim, or kerygma, good news. And the people's ears would have perked up. They would have said, what is this good news he has? Does he have an army nearby? Is he going to overthrow Caesar? That's what they were expecting from the Messiah. Is he going to kick out the Romans? But he goes on to say something very different. To proclaim good news. What does he say? To the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Just stick to preaching the gospel? I will. Jesus has come to break into all that is wrong in this world. Yes, our spiritual brokenness. But that affects all brokenness, poverty, prisoners, oppression, abuse. He is going to change the atmosphere. He is going to make things better. And he's inviting followers to do the same. If we are going to show the love of Jesus, we need to love the whole person and not just their soul. And sometimes when we look at the atmosphere around us, it can be a little daunting. How do we make an impact in the acrid stench that often is our world? When we think of the gospel of Jesus coming into the world, E. Stanley Jones says this, the early Christians did not say, in dismay, look what the world has come to. 
But in delight, look what has come to the world. Every day, Daryl Johnson in our class this week would say, it is, the gospel is public news with public implications. Public news with public implications. Jesus wants to make a change in this world. Now, a few warnings to activists really quick here. I, I want you, if you're an activist, sometimes there's some things we have to be careful of. We want to be careful not to get too frustrated, jaded, exasperated. We need to be supported by those who are more optimistic around us. We don't want to alienate them. We don't want to judge others. Some people might just be insecure, saying, I'm not sure what I have to offer. And some might have another pathway where they really connect to Jesus. And this one just isn't it. And that's okay. We want to watch out for exhaustion. Boy, the activists, boy, they, they're ones that, a lot of action, they want to make change in this world, and they just go hard, go hard, go hard, and then, they just crash. Even Jesus, in his three-year incredibly active ministry, took time out for retreat, for solitude, for contemplation, and we're going to spend a lot more time looking at those streams later on in this series. And last, I just want to say for activists that I want you to trust in Jesus, not your actions. And sometimes it can be tempting for us. I'm going to have an impact. Maybe it's even just building a relationship with someone, making a change in their life, and I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for Jesus. And sometimes we need to pull back and just say, okay, Jesus, I know you're doing this. How can I be a part of it? And that might mean me pulling back even to observe and pray for and then engage in another way. Sometimes we think it's all about the change we're going to make. In the end, the change is up to Jesus. Sometimes he's up for a long, slow change, ensuring that hearts change for good in the meantime. So we need to keep trusting Jesus. Now, of course, you aren't off the hook if you're not a full-on activist. We're all called to gain God's heart for the world. But some will gravitate to this pathway much more readily than others, and that's okay. Some of you have said, though you will and you do prayerfully and financially support Chuck and his ministry, you just couldn't do what he does. And I understand that. But I also think that Jesus may surprise you if you tried. Maybe it's going down to street church just to meet someone else, showing a curiosity, a curious love, and an interest in them. Maybe it's something like committing to going out to the gleaners. We sure love doing that as a church. But maybe it's committing to go out there monthly or, or weekly, knowing that as you work, as you just cut up potatoes and, if so, onions. Now, when you do that, you are feeding thousands of people around the world. God's love in action. 
Maybe it's getting to know our missions partners a bit more. Maybe that's something you could commit to over this year, learning their struggles in Bolivia and Lebanon, Thailand, lending support. Maybe it's getting to know the story of our indigenous neighbors, more looking past the politics and asking how does Jesus' message truly proclaim practical good news to them? How have they been oppressed and how could Jesus release them? And maybe it's just being who Jesus invites you to be to your neighbor. Changing the atmosphere right where you are, in your neighborhood, in your family, just being open to that. Let's always remember the sheep and the goats that Jesus tells us as we engage with those who are marginalized, those who are struggling, we're actually ministering to him. How is that possible? We just don't understand these things. If you engage in some aspect of this broken world with Jesus' heart, but you also realize that you connect deeply with Jesus in another way even more, and like I've said, we're going to explore them. That's okay. It's great even. We've got seven more sacred pathways that we're going to look at and explore together. This is not about trying to make someone feel guilty. It's about connecting with Jesus, with God's heart for this world. And no doubt that's going to stretch us all in some ways. And hopefully those around us will see, hopefully they will see the love of Jesus as we serve in this world. His good news proclaimed, changing the atmosphere in all that we do. Let's pray that that will be the case, and then we're going to sing about it. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I do thank you. I thank you for this church and how as I look around, I can see so many that serve in many different ways because of their connection with, your, with you and your heart for this world. They serve in a number of different ways throughout this community, impacting this world, seeking to change the atmosphere. I thank you that you are alive and well, and I pray that you would encourage us to tap into more of your heart, to commit to saying, Lord, where would you have, where would you have me do some action to maybe confront, to, to see an injustice righted? Lord, move among us. And Lord, for those of us who can tend to feel guilty, who say, oh, I just don't do enough, I ought to do more, maybe this isn't our pathway in our strong connection with you. Give us freedom to, to work with you in some ways, but recognize that we have freedom in you. We don't have to live with guilt, but can live with joy and, and connect with you in other ways. And we pray for that freedom at the same time. And overall, we pray that, that those around us would see your great love, your incredible news, and that it would impact them in their lives right where they're at. We pray this in your name. Yes.
Yes, we pray that's the case. So I invite you to open your hands for a closing benediction to receive what God has for you today. May you go from this place, right where you are, knowing that Jesus invites you to have an impact in this world, to change the atmosphere right where you are, and empowers you to do so, not out of a sense of guilt, but out of a sense of blessing and invitation to have that impact. Go in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. May they